Hola. Como estas? Bien. E2? Rojo. Biblioteca. Is anyone, <laughs> Zach? Where's Zach? When Rojo's he red. Him? I know, but I was thinking rising. Oh, yeah. No absolutely. idea. <laughs> Zach's going to be like, oh, guys, it's something. Whatever he would say that it is. <laughs> it was a really, really uh, good he would Zach say impression. four different things. Like in right. Spain, it's actually. Yeah. to another episode of this podcast is not for you. It still is not. It's still not. No. One of these days. One it of might these be for days you someday. Just, you know, keep hoping, keep listening. Today, we are doing, I believe this is our first book review. Mm-mm. No? Dune. Dune. We did Much? Dune. Much? We did do Dune. We did do Dune, didn't we? You guys know about much now. <laughs> I stand corrected. This is our second book review. Um, I'm pretty maybe. sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've all read this different amounts and at different times. Uh, this, I can just jump right off the bat and the say. The series, you mean? This book specifically. Different amounts and different times. Okay, I got yep. you now. Um, I will just say this right off the bat. Jacob, and I'll let you just take a minute. And talk about it because Jake introduced this book to both of us and Mm -hmm. has introduced it to basically everyone that I know has read it Mm -hmm. in this area. It is one of Jake's favorite, if not, I believe his favorite book series of all time. Jake, can you briefly explain, just briefly talk about Red Rising, the series, and then kind of what drew you to it? How'd you hear about it? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, The series itself is, I think it's great. I think Pierce is a, a very, a very good uh, he comes up with great characters, and I think they're all nuanced. I think the the best part about, you know, our main character, at least in the first one, is uh, he is flawed. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I think that's part of the reason that you really, the people that I have talked about to and, you know, listen to podcasts about it and, like, talk to my buddies, just like friends that have also read it relate to the characters because they are so nuanced, which is hard to do, I think, when you're writing a protagonist, you know, or a set of protagonists even. And right. the antagonists as well, eventually. Um, but yeah, I think the the series is very, 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 very good. Probably is my favorite series. And the first book specifically, uh, it was, we, we chose it uh, to read in book club. So the, I'm in a okay. book club. And, uh, yeah. and we chose to read it. And we do fiction every summer, just the summer of fiction. And it was... I think we read it five years ago, probably four okay. or five years ago. We read the first one. And then, I mean, it was, I remember it was like, we read the same book every month and we meet at the very end of the month. And it was like the second week and we all text each other. And we're like, are we ready to meet? Cause we all kind of read it already. You mm-hmm. know, and we're like, yeah, let's freaking talk about it. You know? It was, yeah. Um, but what's interesting is someone in book club, Logan had tried to read it the year before and stopped. He's like, this book sucks. I don't understand why people <laughs> like it. Uh, and then the second time, you know, he tried to read it, he finished it, and he's like, yeah, once you get to a certain point, you know, yeah. not going to spoil anything, obviously. He's like, yeah, it's just really takes full off. throttle. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's a great teaser. Red Rising is a 2014 dystopian science fiction novel by American author Pierce Brown. 
and it's a thrilling first entry into the Red Rising series or saga. So Red Rising is the first book, but it's also the name of the saga, which there are six books. There's five that are currently out. An upcoming six. Uh, any, any, Any Red Rising fans listening to this right now, he probably has announced the sixth book. Oh. By the time this is coming out, he's announcing it on the twenty second in at San Diego oh. Comic Con. Wow! <laughs> oh, Comic Con? That's it's cool. for sure coming, but he's announcing like title and date, possibly. He, yeah, okay, yes. This review is specifically for the first book only. So, Red Rising, the book. Go red. Red. Come Go on, yellow. Uh, Just a really brief synopsis so you can know kind of what the book is about. Daro is our main character. Daro has never seen the sky. He is a red, a member of a lowly mining caste in the color-coded society of the future. Like his fellow reds, he willingly spends his life digging underground, believing his sacrifice will make the surface livable for future generations. Um, And right from the start, Red Rising is a story about class struggle intersecting with personal struggle. Daro wanting a better life for his Red crew so he can earn a better life for his family. That's very general. I didn't want to put too many specifics in there. Right. Um, So that kind of sets the stage for we've got our main character. He's a worker. He's a laborer. There's some hints in there of what the story could be about Yeah. in terms of what he believes he's doing versus what he may actually be doing. Yep. Um, and then you've got the class. The class thing in itself, honestly, I think is interesting enough to even get into the book. Yeah, I think just real quick for yeah, yeah. people that haven't read it or, you know, I don't know if anyone will listen to this that haven't read it, but um, the colors is a classification system. It's not like... Um, like skin color or anything, right? right? It's right. just society's Tribal. way of, yeah. Um, and it's like red, yellow, blue. It's not like, it has nothing to do with the actual yeah. tons of colors. colors. Yeah, and they all have jobs, and they kind of stick to their class, basically. Yeah. yeah. We can talk about when we read them, or when we read this book, because this is the only one of the series that I've read. Wes has read the first three. I read the first one, listened to the audio book of the next two. Okay. And Jake now, has, if that is interesting to anyone out there, I'm thinking about doing an episode about the difference between reading and listening. So drop a comment and subscribe. I will say I'm not one of those people that says listening to the audio book is reading the book. Right. True. Those yeah, are two, you differentiate it for sure, yes, right, which I appreciate. I know what yeah. happens in the books now, but yeah. And Jake, you've read these how many times? How many times have you gone through the series? Or I guess this book specifically. Three times, I think. Three times, yeah. Okay. I have only read them. I've only read the first one once through, and then I listened to the next two books. Same. I finished it pretty recently. You've only done. You haven't listened to the next two, or anything, no? Though. Yeah. Each one of us general thoughts on Red Rising, overall feelings, good, bad, indifferent. How much was it good? How much was it bad? How much was it indifferent? I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the it's the closest thing, like, it's even a, I think it does a disservice, like, when people compare it to, like, Game of Thrones or um, Hunger Games or Harry Potter even, uh, it's just yeah. such a disservice because there's, 
so much like it's pretty dark um yeah in terms of like what happens and now the way i i will say i i very much appreciate pierce's writing style because he never really um it doesn't get like stephen king or george rr R. martin in terms of description of what's happening there's some mm-hmm. dark like very messed up stuff that happens in this book specifically but it's always almost like he cuts away like he, you're reading it and you understand what's happening and that's all that needs to be right done is you need to understand like what these characters are doing to each other yeah and uh and he always sort of like cuts away from it but the characters have to deal with what's happening you know and mm-hmm. so that's what i it's it's really adult like it doesn't ever at times it doesn't feel ya at all um yeah right and so that's what i really appreciated is it's like if these if this scenario was true right What's happening, and this is the spoiler-free section, so I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. but you guys will understand what I mean. If, if, if this was happening in real life and this, these kind of characters were interacting with each other, this is what would happen, you know? And it doesn't ever shy away from, like, the darkness of humanity, and it doesn't ever shy away from, like, the light of people, too, yeah. you know, that right. go against that as well. No, I agree. I think if there were a real class system like this that was this segregated and mm-hmm. differentiated... This would absolutely happen. Yeah. Like people would treat each other like this or mm-hmm. they would, it would be so stepladder, like yeah. they're right above them and then above them is that color. Yeah. It would, it, it's very clear in the book that you get that, yeah. um, that feeling and, and from that humanity, people just derive a lot of their morals, a lot of their the way they live based on their environment or their um, culture. Right. So each one of these has a culture. Yeah. So it's like very determinate of how they see good and evil, how they, uh, like you said, interact with each other. Even just down to how they talk. Like yeah, people right. talk high lingo and it sure. immediately people know that, oh, you're not supposed to be here or whatever, you know. Yeah, and in terms of cool. immediate quality of the book, that opens up a whole bunch of like really interesting ground mm-hmm. for uh character yeah. character development but also character like going back to what you said about differentiating it between other things other series like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and uh Hunger Games it gives you more a different feel than those do because it's so there are so many colors that yeah. it gives you the opportunity for a lot of different archetypes mm-hmm. uh anyway well i think it's I, great yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna just say real general synopsis i think the story is the setting is cool the mm-hmm. story is cool the characters i mean it's hard to just speak being pretty familiar with all of them for x amount of time that the whole series goes for sure um it's hard to speak specifically to this book, but the characters that you do like meet in this book or whatever, I think they're very, they're cool. They're funny. Yeah. They're bad. A eh? they're fearful. Mm-hmm. They're like, I mean, it's, it's, it's really some cool people in there. Yeah. I mean, my, my rabbit's named after one of them. True. You know, so yes, he is. Yeah. Got my mug. Wes got me this mug. Red rising. Is it Christmas? I believe it was. I believe it Steph was. Thanks, Steph. You got it for me for Christmas? I think Steph and I got it for you for Christmas, yes. Wes got this for me, and he can tell you what he thinks about the book. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, tell um, us what you thought. He's Wes. such a great friend that he will get you something if you like it, even if he doesn't. So I have very mixed feelings about Red Rising, specifically this book. The series okay. as a whole, I like a lot of things about. I think I had expectations going into this book, and the main plot line of the book is not really what I w- was expecting or kind of wanted from the world. Once I got into it and realized what the world was, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then it gets into the main chunk of the plot, Mm -hmm. and I was much less interested in that section. Now, subsequent books have gotten into the things that I like Mm -hmm. about the world. and Which we can talk about in the spoiler section, for sure. Um, But this one in particular, I was kind of disappointed by because I immediately started thinking of those series that you mentioned of... Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, Hunger Games in particular, Harry Potter a little bit. Um, I agree with you that it's much more adult. It doesn't really feel like a young adult novel. Yeah. Um, it's much more graphic. I think... I honestly didn't even know it was YA. Yeah. Until he just said I that. I think the only the the first one or the first and second are classified, like in most stores at least, because I generally just <laughs> look for sci-fi first and then it's always in like young adult or... Mm-hmm. teen fiction even right which is- yeah so i think some of it was i went in with this expectation of what the world was going to be i really liked the beginning of the book like the first third or so i was like this is really cool and really interesting but once that main plot line started i was kind of let down by it i think he's a very good writer and he's got really good characters um and the world is good. I like the world. Yeah, I think some a lot of it was just the expectations I had going into it. I think one benefit of the perspective that he uses in the book is that feeling of it's dark and there's a lot of graphic stuff, but because it's from a character's point of view, the character almost looks away. Right, because he's removed from it if he's and not And he's desensitized to it, so yeah. we're not feeling it in the same way like a yeah an outside observer might. Hmm. Um but yeah, I think he's a good writer. I like the subsequent books that I've listened to. Mm-hmm. I think this first one, for me, fell too much into the young adult mm. format and structure. And he does a good amount of stuff that breaks out of that. But I think I was just wanting something different. And I got it later. Yeah. But that, So I have very mixed feelings about the first one, yeah. the first book in particular. Hmm. Uh, I thought taken as just a story, this one book is the only thing I've read. Beginning, middle, and end, I thought was it was just really good. It's a really strong story of, um, again, I think um, the focus on Daro as the main character and the, the journey that he goes on is a good one. I think that uh, all the supporting characters are great too, but I think the best... The thing that makes the book really good is um, the way Daro interprets things. Like you, I think the strength of the book is the first person mm-hmm. point of view. I think, um, I think that's what does differentiate it between it and some other series. Is it's very first person. It's, yeah. Whereas some some series are first person removed, where it's 
technically first person, but you still get some. I forget what is that the technical name in literature for first person. It would be third person limited. Oh, that's right. Third limited. person omniscient. Yeah. This is actual first person. Um, things like Harry Potter are third person limited because you're yes. essentially just in Harry's head. Right. Um, it's really the only character mm. that you have thought insight to. Yeah, this one's all... Strictly first person. Strictly first, first person. First person reads like a diary, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says I, yeah. me. Um, Whereas like Darrow yeah. did this. He, it says he, I. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that is a really sh- a strength for the book. But again, generally, I would say it's really, really good. I, I think... Um, I agree. I think the first third of the book is the best mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of heart going on. Mm-hmm. But I think that's necessary to drive the character through the whole story. So I think I think yeah. f- for me the first third is so like personal to that character. Yeah. That when it makes that change to the the main chunk of the plot, that feels kind of removed and disconnected to me from all the stuff that happens at the beginning that I was like really into. It feels like a switch to something else a little bit. Um, There's obviously things that tie in throughout, but I think that was another reason, because I was so into that first section of the book that it felt like, wait, I wasn't done with that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, it kind of becomes a different thing the last half. Um, But, yeah. What was your reading experience like the first time you read it, Jake? You said you read it for book club, and basically, like the environment. What? How long ago was it? Yeah, I think it was. Um, what have you read since then? That's been like, oh, that's kind of like Red Rising, or you know. Yeah, I think it was probably four or five years ago, and uh, read it in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was just at. I remember I was like, at I used to be on the board for this camp every summer for a week. For kids with cancer, or mm-hmm. they're recovering from cancer, or whatever, in the Ozarks, so that's our region. And I was reading it at camp, and I was like, you know, just like staying up super late because I was like, yeah. you know, a counselor or whatever. And then, like, just reading through it super fast, and then getting texts from my buds that were also reading it, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason why I love book club. It makes reading communal, which yeah. is very hard to do. Right. And uh, yeah, and then we just all got together, and we were like, holy crap this is freaking crazy right yeah and then uh we just we talked about like oh who would you cast as you know blah 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 yeah. or who would you blah 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 and then um since then i've read the only thing that really the only thing that comes to mind in terms of tone not necessarily is some story but i reread ender's game and i was like this is the closest thing that i can feel like yeah because that is dark as well I sure mean, yeah. it, 12 year olds just like yeah. going at each other you know right and Ender's um, Game's another first person I believe mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah. and uh, so yeah that's that's about it um, my experience was it's it's strange it's it was like it's the like I said it's the only series where I've like got merch for and like you yeah. know whatever and uh, were you like first time you read it you were like this is like, how quickly did it reach, this is 
one of the best uh, yeah, that's, books. That's and then once question. you got into it, yeah, because there's been there's so many books that we read in book club. Yeah, where we were all right. like, dude, that was so great. Right. Like, Ready Player One. We all were like, dude, yeah. this book is right. so great. Ready Player Two sucks. Armada, yeah. Ernest Klein's other book sucks. So it's like, yeah, it's what sets yeah. this one apart. That's a great question. Was it we, when you got to the second book? Yeah. Or? So when okay. we all finished the third one, okay, the first, second, and third. I was like, this is a, this series is amazing. Yep. And right. then he announced like a fourth one, mm-hmm. and you know we were all like pre-ordering it and you know right. like, autograph copy yep. and like starting to like build the fandom yeah. really. So it got so, real after the third one, pretty yeah, because it's like, yeah, I don't know, like a lot of people can. I mean, I guess no, but there are a lot of really good one books sure. out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're like, there's a series called Wool. The first one's great, but the second one and the third one. I only read really because the first one was so good. Yeah. But so there's plenty of books like that sure. where it's like, man, I'm the Ender then, the Ender series. Agreed. Like, if it wasn't yeah. and I really tried to after I reread Ender's game, I tried to get into okay, I'm ready for the world. Like yeah. really let me yeah. And there's definitely some good stuff in that series. It's so just convoluted like, too. It, and it's like there's parallel yeah. series going yeah. So I haven't mess. read the Dune books, but I think I would assume it's something similar because they're definitely not as big as the original book. Right. So, so yeah, I, I would yeah. say it's the first three, and then just his ability to continue the story when everyone was kind of like, "This is done." Yeah. And then in four and five, I mean, he just keeps getting better. Like, I'm so glad that the story didn't end. Which, how many times does that happen? You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's all because three definitely feels like it hasn't ended. Dude. You know. So, Four is a lot of people's favorite, and five is like one of the best written ones. I mean, they're so crazy. Mm. Wish I could talk about them, but I can't. Wes, your reading experience? Uh, I read it very quickly. Yeah, you did. I read it. I was so I skeptical, was skeptical, skeptical that you skeptical that you read it at all because you watched me read it. You watched you turn the pages. Yeah. But... <laughs> uh, I read it. I believe it was Christmas weekend or Christmas week up mm-hmm. at. Uh, my parents I mean, we're house talking 48 hours, and it was done, people. And then he was like, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like... Um, we'll let you talk for yourself. I read it that holiday weekend up at my parents' house in Illinois. I read it fast because I didn't have anything else to do. We were just kind of hanging out. Hmm. Um, That's it's, cool. It's not super long. So I read it very quickly, just kind of relaxing up there. And I also wanted to read it relatively quickly because I knew... I have a hard time reading stuff outside of an environment like that. Mm. Like, just at home. Chipping away at something. Yeah, that's much harder for me to do. Uh, and I wanted to get through this. So I just, like, kept barreling through. But, yeah, I, after reading that one, because I was kind of let down by it, I I found the audiobooks just on YouTube of the next one and just started listening to the second one because it was like, do I want to invest right. the time in it because I wasn't super, like, gung-ho about the first one. And per usual, they get longer. So oh, it's yeah. like not only... For sure. Know, yeah. Um, but as I was listening to the second one, I was like, okay, this is more what I wanted mm-hmm. from this world and this series. So I ended up just kind of still listening and... Then ended up listening to the third one as well. Mm-hmm. But that was my experience reading the first one. I uh, You were there and Steph was there and I was kind of talking to you guys about it as I was reading it. And I was like, eh, like there's stuff I like and there's stuff I 
I'm kind of bored by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very mixed. Also because I also had high expectations because I know you like loved it. Right, right. So that I was like, I don't know if I had high expectations in terms of like, it didn't necessarily disappoint in terms of quality. Mm. Like it, it's a very well written mm. and what he does, he does well. Mm. I just felt like I didn't want him to do what he did. Yeah. If that sort of like sense. a green night situation, right? Where it's like, we all walked away and we're like, that was good. Yeah. Right. But I was like, that is not for me. Right. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just had never considered, I mean, obviously the same thing can happen for books. Right. But it's like, I'd never been like, yeah. man, that was really well written. And that's, but like, I didn't, that's you know. the crazy thing about stories in general is like people's expectations going into them, people's expectation of what it is. Yeah. And then just what they like can have an impact on how they perceive a story, mm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I think I read it over probably like three or four weeks, I would think. I don't know exactly. Um, typically, I would just go to Greenhouse on the weekend and read a little bit. Uh-huh. So That's I was just going crazy to me. I don't know how you read in public. I usually I've, put headphones in. You just What I usually do is just open it up. Yeah. <laughs> I would... Just Dude, get so know. easily distracted. Hmm. When you've got enough noise going on, then you're good. If it's two voices yelling at each other, then yeah, I don't know how you're going to get anything true. done. We get the freaking roaster going. Not yeah. usually on Saturday, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I read it over a month or so. Really enjoyed it. What, I read big chunks at a time, it felt like, because it was just basically one day a week that mm-hmm. I was reading it, so that's only... I don't know how many days. Not not that many. Um, but yeah, I think it was really enjoyable, especially once you get to like the second second half. It really becomes a fast like. Gotta find out what happens next for sure. But this is the copy I read right here. Right here. Well, I read this one too. This is Jake's copy. We both read that. Um, it was really good. Really enjoyable first experience. How have you enjoyed your multiple experiences briefly? Is it getting better every time? For sure. I mean, I will say, yeah, you just understand the characters more. Right. And like, especially with like the perspective of the other books mm -hmm. looking back. Yeah. And then when people like come and go, you know, throughout the story, um, like, man, I really want to like appreciate them because before they leave or before they die or whatever. Right. It's like, I will say I, the fourth one, I absolutely hated Mm -hmm. the first time I read it. And the second time I went through it, I was like, this book is so good. That's a drastic change. It was, it was, I put it down the first time I, I was like, Sorry, Pierce, you, you lost me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Natty's like, how do you not like it? It's like my favorite one. And I was like, okay, I got to try this again. And then when he announced the fifth one, I was like, I really got to finish it. Yeah. And I was just like, it was a slog. And then when I read the fifth one, I was like, I'm excited to read the fourth one again. And then when I reread the fourth one, I was like, dude, this book's so great. I started listening to the fourth one and kind of burned down. And maybe it was because I had read the first one, listened to the set, the two and three mm. pretty close together. Maybe I just burned out on it. Yeah. But whenever I started listening to that fourth one, I was like, eh, I don't know if I care now 
but I, I, I still intend to Same. eventually finish it, you know? But yeah, the, reading it again, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's just, you know, you get more themes sure. and less of the story. You know, it's like, yeah. man, I'm really understanding like this. I mean, I remember where I was the first time I read like a specific like chapter mm-hmm. and I was like, it just like floored me. And now when you read it again, you're like, oh, I'm getting the overarching like, yeah. you know, message right. and theme instead of just the story. But yeah. right. How, uh, how well do you guys think it represents science fiction? Um, Cause to me, I don't get a huge science fiction vibe from it. Like it feels more historical or like, such a freaking weird blend, which is why I yeah. think if they ever do a live action, which Pierce is supposed to announce something about that soon, it's gonna be terrible. So it's I it's mean it's so bad. It's futuristic. It's multiple planets are mentioned. I mean it's it's this universe. I mean it's Earth and Earth. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if the moon's mentioned at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's so it's futuristic, but it's also very old feeling because of like. You know, razors yeah. and uh, armor right. and like yeah. honor and like all. I think that's like why this... the Game of Thrones comparison is drawn a lot to it, um, because there is an element of like borderline medieval mm. feeling. The class system is also a yeah, very much an older hierarchical mm. concept. Um, so, uh, I think it represents sci-fi well. Sci-fi when it's good is saying something about people and humanity mm. i think um i think there's things i agree with him on in terms of his perspectives on human nature and stuff and then there's other stuff that i feel like he drifts into the oppressors oppressed thing commenting mm. on that now because that's a very typical mindset that a lot of people have right now they Mm -hmm. divide society into oppressors and oppressed have have nots and that's been talked about for a long time in science fiction but um so there's some stuff in it that i think i agree with in terms of his his sci-fi theming where he's drawing parallels within the structure of his world to ours Mm -hmm. um i think there's some stuff I think he, I might not agree with him on, mm-hmm. probably in a political sense. Like, he feels a little bit more socialist at times in that anti-any kind of structure mm. thing. Um, so, but I think he draws those comparisons well. Like, he is definitely saying things effectively yeah, i think right it's just whether or not you agree with yeah what he's saying yeah you know i think he's absolutely right about some of the aspects of human nature and how we do divide each other like that yeah and maybe it does bend science fiction in a really good way where it's not what you would think when you like in immediately when you think of science fiction yeah and that might be why it gets classified as ya a lot because typical sci-fi is like trade paperback like yeah. Four by eight, like terrible cover. You know it when you see it type of yeah, stuff, you know. Right. But uh cool. 
let's quickly just give it a one one to ten rating. Um, one being the worst, ten being the best. Obviously. Uh, Wes, why don't you give us a star rating or a number rating? Six and a half. Six and a half out of ten. I will give it a eight. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half, eight, and six and a half. There you have it. Across the board. With an average star rating of seven. Sixteen and a half plus six. <laughs> Seven to seven five. Seven point seven five. Let's just say it's that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Those are general thoughts. Let's move on to the spoilers section, everybody. Spoilers, details, characters, plot, writing, all the good stuff. Um, Let's discuss the plot first. Yes. Let's. I have a question. Yeah. When he gets out of the mine. Mm -hmm. Yes. You realize that. Mars has been colonized already. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that coming? Um, I believe it had already been spoiled for me somehow. It had. Yeah. Someone I had, remember. Someone told me, I think. Yeah. Shame. Y- yes, I already knew. Hmm. It's too bad. Yep. It was still surprising. It was still, because um, you're, at that point, you're, um, you're, again, first person so much that you're in his, mm-hmm. you're all, all the content is through his eyes and all the writing is through his eyes. So it's like, you still don't see it coming because he doesn't see it coming. Like, even though right. I knew technically it was going to happen. Let me you know when. Yeah. Let me you know how. Right. Yeah. I think I, because I had known about the class structure mm. concept. Yeah. I kind of knew that something like that was going on. Yeah. Maybe not that specifically that what they were doing was kind of a lie. Yeah. Um, or that they were being lied to. I will say this. I don't think it was, even if I hadn't known about it, I don't think it's like... I didn't feel like it was this crazy, mind-blowing moment. Mm. There's other ones that I think are better in the book later on. Um, more character stuff that's mind-blowing. Right. So that's just me personally. I didn't feel like it was nuts. It didn't feel like a bit. Yeah, it didn't feel like a big, big plot twist reveal to me. Yeah, it, it felt, like felt the shocking for point, the character you know? to to realize that that was the case. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the basic plot and like yeah. what it is? Yeah. So the book starts um, with Darrow. He is on Mars, um, and you've got him in his tight knit community um, with his family. With his wife is a big character. And the Reds are the lowest class of people. Correct. correct? That's that's correct. Yeah. Jake's nodding. There yes. are the resident expert. Expert mm-hmm. is nodding, um, and they mine helium. So helium is a resource from Mars. It is used to, I believe, make fuel. Right? Terraforming as well. Right? Power ships and yeah, basically everything. So they're an important group, but they're poor. Um, and at the beginning of the book, all you see is Reds, except when 
some golds come into play. Mm -hmm. They're kind of the overlords. They're the overseers of basically everyone. Gold is the superior class. Um, So you, and that happens pretty early. So you get some class stuff right off the Mm -hmm. bat. It's Um, also a physical distinction too, which becomes a a part of it um, in a little bit. They're genetically modified. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gold so jar. the the book starts in in the red community. It's a lot of EO who is Daro's wife and Daro himself. She is the basically the big incident or the inciting thing that starts the story off is she is killed. Publicly executed. Publicly executed. Um basically trying to start a revolution is her goal. Uh, and that sends Daro off. He is going to die, essentially, as well. He tries to, anyway. But he's saved by a group of people called... What? Oh, the sun, <laughs> sons of Ares? Yes. yes. The okay. sons, I knew it was Ares. I couldn't remember if there was a... Oh, his buddy. Uh, <laughs> his uncle. You uh, lost, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I hate this book. What's going on? What? Uh, so... A revolutionary group that saves his life, essentially, and turns him into a gold. They change his physical appearance. They change his, the way he talks. They change mm-hmm. the way he thinks, basically. Now, question, Jake. You said the golds are genetically modified. Yes. I thought that the golds were physically superior just because of bloodline centuries of bloodline. I didn't think that the natural golds, unlike... Daro. Right, right, right. Were actually genetically modified in the same way that he was. Uh, there is some, uh, there's a section in, I think, the second or third one that goes a little bit into it, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's about how that came about. Okay. How that happened. I must have is, missed that or forgot about it. And now it's it. just, as I understand it, People natural. do modifications all the time. They essentially. do. But... But now, they were originally modified, yes, and now yes. it's been passed like, down. Okay, that's kind of what I Denser thought. bone structure, mm-hmm. like leaner muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, they stretched their bones because now they're huge, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And all of that happens to Daro in the middle section of the book, probably still early, mm-hmm. pretty early. And then he is sent to infiltrate a certain, I don't know what you would call it, a certain... The Institute? Yes, the Institute, but it is it is specifically for golds. So it is the way that golds are chosen for their leadership. Yes. Correct? So he is... Largely the children of the golds that are already in power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he is working for the Sons of Ares, but he's kind of a rogue. He's kind of on his own. Um, at least that's what you gather from the character, the way it's written. And he is sent off to infiltrate and become take a position of as high power as he possibly can to later do some damage to the golds or change things is what he wants to do for the reds so uh well, and that's a where of, a little dash of revenge in there too a bit of revenge just a pinch that's what the rest of the book takes place at the institute um the institute is on mars correct and it is kind of a uh, yes. Every planet has its own, basically. That's right. So yeah. And Mars is the. It's sort of like the the big one. It's not necessarily the, the cultural hub, but it's every helium is 
gas. People, Helium is people oil. People that have won those institutes that are golds come to Mars, right? Yeah. Isn't that described? Basically. Okay. Isn't Earth much more like kind of decrepit at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So from that point on, it is all about interaction with other golds, how he's becoming a leader. Becoming a leader and and still being himself, but also how he's going to plan his attack and it's it's a lot of thinking back towards EO and like what he's doing and why he's doing it and all this stuff. Basically, describe the institute for us. It is a like physically and the interactions that happen. Yes, it's a school ground basically, but not how you would normally think of a school ground, I guess. Um in like a giant valley. It is a a yeah. valley that is I mean, I think I have the... I could have got the map, I guess, but it's... Uh, and there are, like, large castles. There are, like, structures that the students are divided based on their personalities and their traits. And uh, each student is divided into a house. And then the house's job is essentially they set them free. Very limited interaction from the professors and, like, the people in charge or whatever. And it's just to gather resources and survive take and, over yeah. the rest of the yeah, institute yeah there's no like basically. educating going on by any no, professors it's, it's survival of the fittest the way that pierce describes it through some proctors at the school he's like we need to see who will build structure out of chaos mm-hmm. in order to see who is going to come in my house and understudy for me or you know mm-hmm. so sure. so that's sort of what it is it's like okay if if you there was no structure and you had to make structure out of the resources you've been given, the resources other people have been given. Yeah. How do you um, lead people? How do you maybe don't lead the ones that don't want to be led? How yeah. do you forcefully take over when eventually those people aren't going to want to serve you anymore? Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 it becomes a facsimile for what the golds will face in right the real world. Yes, and there's even a hierarchy that's developed between the golds because. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a class structure almost mm-hmm. Pixie. that's, yeah, that's yeah. made at the Institute, even though all of them are golds. Yeah. None of them are golds, really, yeah. when they're there. So let's get into the characters. Let's just talk about Daro first. I think the best thing about the book is that eventually Daro realizes that he was a naive child. I think that's the best thing about the book because, I mean, yeah. that's why I got that painting commissioned because it's like Daro thought in his limited experience and emotional capacity at the time that the best way to live his life is to shamelessly say, I don't care what it does to me. I'm going to live for you. I love you. And it's just like Mm -hmm. vapid almost. Yeah. And she literally tells him your job is to live for more than that. Like, right. It's like, we have a job to do. We have to do something that's bigger than ourselves than just living for our little little hut down here when we know that we're being deceived yep. for the generations that will come after us eventually he has to come to accept that or the rest of the books wouldn't happen yeah which is like freaking awesome right yeah i mean talk about development or journey of a character in 200 pages i don't know it's a little over 200 pages right i think it's 347 oh wow it's longer than i thought it was oh. 400 on the dot yeah, there's a lot of development that happens just in this book with him. More more so than others just because like his entire physical 
mm-hmm. appearances transformed. Yeah. I mean, he's like, comp- there's the physical transformation that accompanies the emotional and, and spiritual one that would normally happen in other books. So there's a lot of change that happens with Daro. What did you think of Daro, Wes? Um, Just the first book. Good character. Yeah, I think... Good main character, like... I think like a lot of main characters, some of the... He is a more active main character than a lot of other similar books. Some books like Harry Potter or... I don't really know about Hunger Games because I haven't read it, but Ender's Game. Some of the things that those books can fall into is things happening to the Mm. main character as opposed to them being an active catalyst for participant in what's going on. They're just like the, they're the audience surrogate into the world. Mm. Um, So they're kind of generic, but Daro isn't really. I agree. I think the journey he goes through is much more complex than you would, especially in later novels. It's a much, it's not a simple cut and dry Daro is 100% a good person. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Like, n- not even really close to that. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he does terrible things in all of the books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it pushes, I think it pushes the reader to go, do I want him to succeed? Like, yeah. is he right? Is mm-hmm. he wrong? And obviously, if we ever do things talking about the later books, we can talk more about that. But I think Pierce balances that very interestingly is like it's not a pure like good guys versus bad guys thing now there are some just pure evil characters and yes you identify more with the protagonists but the protagonists are also not great Mm -hmm. um and i think that's one thing he gets right about human nature is like garo is not perfect yeah and he's not even really trying to make him seem like he's perfect yeah and I don't think Pierce would say, you're supposed to root for every single thing he does. Yeah, right. Um, there's not really any characters that are... Maybe Mustang is sort of close to that. Even Eo, who's this like kind of right. deified character, you find out later is like, oh, she, was, she did something kind of terrible mm-hmm. in the way she died, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so I think he gets that right with those characters is like there's not really any purely good ones yeah and um i think that makes darrow a pretty interesting protagonist we could just talk about favorite characters right now um just from this novel favorite characters let's just say favorite minor character obviously I guess I don't know what we would consider main characters. There's a first of all, there's a lot of characters in this yeah. book. I think that needs to be said. Um, there's a lot of characters. There, I don't think there's a compendium at the beginning of this one. At the the at the books after this one, there's a compendium, and okay. it's like it gives you basically like color, name, house, like yeah. because there are so yeah, many. There's a lot and, of uh, characters. Yeah. To me, for me, I think um, Severo is yeah. one of my favorites. Um, just because he is, I love that you find out who he's related to later on. That's great. It's a great addition. He's mysterious. Any, like, you know, serious Black or any, like, mysterious character like that is always going to feel like the coolest mm-hmm. one. Like, yeah. 
even though to the world he's not the coolest one. Right. It seems like that's always the case. But that's why he's cool. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Severo's awesome. I yeah. like I like Fitchner a lot. Fitchner is the one of the proctors, right? He's the proctor of House Mars, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. I don't know. I just like that. I like that character throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably feeding into a little bit in, in this one. But I think it's a... It's like the Dumbledore character almost, but mm. not. It does something interesting with the mentor yeah, uh, role, right. sort of, you know. And there's a couple there's a couple characters like that in this that kind of serve as like the yeah. mentor, but um yeah. Jake favorite character <laughs> from this book. I mean, I would probably pick Daro. Yeah. So freaking bad, eh? I mean, when he gets whipped, I mean, that's that's my favorite. Scene. Moment, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is, and just how like earth shattering it is for like the other characters that have no idea that people like this exist. They're so far removed from the people that they're supposed to be like shepherding. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and it, man, that yeah, that. So just moments like that where it's like, yeah, being in his mind is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. he's doing stuff that he doesn't necessarily want to be doing. Sure, but it's like this is what needs to be done which is just yep. like so i'd probably pick him if i didn't cassius pax severo mm-hmm. i mean they're all i mean it's yeah. crazy yeah there's a there's a lot of different and that's the thing about like you know i mean even reading it for the first time i remember thinking okay great i'm gonna be one of them and then i'm gonna like them and then what do i do with this it's like yeah you know that that's gonna happen sure but it's like, man, the characters are so, like, cool mm-hmm. that you don't care because you're like, I like them too. Like, yeah, the thing you know, that I gathered from from it is, like, all of them are putting on a show in some way. The intriguing part to sure me in was... this one too, right? I the mean, intriguing the part to that. me was, like, when are we going to get to the core of yeah. who they are? Yeah. Because you do that for a few. Um, that's when they become really interesting and then you see what why they were putting on a show or like yeah who they were trying to be who their family is like mm-hmm. all that stuff is super that's the cool part to me about his characters in this book is that they are all including Daro but everyone even though the one the golds that were natural born mm-hmm. are all trying to dis- be You've got an extra layer of character because you've got the fake one that everyone sees, and then you've got the real one mm-hmm. that you get to a few. Yeah, and that's interesting. I think. I think too, it illustrates that if all of the reds were golds, they would be the same. Yeah, you know, like if the golds were all reds, they would be the same. And I think that's part of the point that he's getting to is that they're all people. Sure. Like, you can divide up people as much as you want. Give them abilities. Give them power. They're still going to be people. Yeah. And do the things that are, like, I mean, look at Darrow. Like, you put him in the situation with the golds, he starts being a gold. Right. Yeah. And right. Same with Tactus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. So, I think that's one point he's trying to illustrate by making all the gold sympathetic too just as much as they are doing terrible things i mean the reds aren't all like kumbaya getting right. along they're yeah. fighting with each other and hating on each other and 
they've divided into little factions mm-hmm. and stuff. I yeah. don't think, and I think that's something he does handle pretty well in subsequent novels. It's not clear cut good and evil. It's dealing with the complexities of a society, yeah. As opposed to, oh, aren't the Reds just all these perfect, yeah, people that are just so victimized, and that feels a little bit more like that in this one mm-hmm. specifically. But that's how Darrow thinks about it too. Yeah, but yeah, talk more about your. We'll go into our favorite scene now or <laughs> moments. Talk more in depth about the whipping scene. Why it's your favorite? Yeah. So set it up a little bit. So Darrow's like struggling with building a, a a functioning hierarchy or like house at this mm-hmm. at the institute and uh and you know there's kind of I mean they're all these these are alphas like yeah. everyone here is like the best of the best that they think they should lead. They're mm-hmm. the ones that should be. You know and they know whoever comes out on top is going to get the apprenticeship for the arch governor or whatever, you know? Yep. And so he's struggling with like what to do in certain situations. And so he, you know, he finds out that there are a certain, like there's certain members of his house that are like raping other students. Yep. And, you know, he like gets them all into the courtyard and it's like, I can just see it in my head. Yeah. It's like so Very epic. Visual, and yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, this is, this will not stand in my house. Like we're, you know, this is going to be the punishments, 50 lashes. And, you know, he gets packs, the biggest student there, to, to lash, you know, whip, oh. 50 whips on the back. You know, I think it's Tactus, right? That's right. So Pax, huge guy. Just, I, every time I think of Pax, I think of, like, Hercules. Like the, I think, uh, you know. I always think of, um, what's his name, Thanos from... Avengers? From the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. That's what that. I think yeah. of Pax. Yeah, but uh, yeah, not purple, so, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, gold. Uh, but yeah, he, um, you know, packs whips Tactus fifty times, and then Darrow's like, okay, and then he like takes his shirt off and he, like kneels in front of Pax, and he's like, whip me fifty times. And they're like, all of the golds are like, who have no idea, no like, like self sacrifice, self sacrifice, or like, I will do this for you, right? It's almost like a Christ head, like. Moment, mm-hmm. and you're just like, I mean, I remember it was a passenger seat of the band van. I was just like floored. Yeah. I just like shut the book at the end of the chapter. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And it was like, moment. because he's like, this, anything that you do that harms this house will harm every single one of you. And he's like, I would do this for anyone here. Yeah. And they're all just like, and they don't know what it's like to lead yeah. someone that they might want yeah. to follow. Right. Which is just. It's all mandatory. Yeah, I mean, that is so cool. And the way that he just, like, sets up the slave system. Like, he frees yeah. them when yep. they've never... And you really get a strong feeling the proctors are waiting for someone to do something like that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of setup up until that point of, like, who's going to do something different? Yeah. you've seen the way that golds lead, and they are suppo- they think they're supposed to lead. It's just alpha mentality, like you said. Yeah. It's like, I beat you in this. I'm the strongest until someone beats me. Yeah. But he sets up a totally different paradigm. Yeah. With that scene. Yeah. It's a really good scene. Wes, what, what was kind of your favorite moments? Um, my favorite moment is whenever he sees the real world for the first time and he's seeing the streets with the different paths mm. and the different colors doing their jobs. Um, that's really what I wanted was that world of like exploring a sci-fi world and the, and the class structure 
the way the book kind of is, it jumps over all the other colors just to gold. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see anything in the middle. And I I felt like I wanted a, a climbing of the hierarchy, like before just going straight to the best of the best right. group. Um, but that scene gave me that feeling of like, this world is cool. There's a, a billion interesting things to navigate, mm-hmm. you know. And he, you get a little bit of that when he's being transformed. You get a little bit of like the underbelly of yeah. this society, the different colors and how they interact with each other. You get that during that little section of the book. Um, so that was kind of my favorite section because that's what I was really wanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, it's the furnace. That's what you call yours. That is what I call it. Yeah, the passage. The passage, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I got the furnace. On that's cool. The, my favorite's the furnace. Uh, basically, the scene where um, it's basically initiation into the Institute, um, where the characters are forced to battle one other character to the death. So everyone's been drafted at this point, I believe, right? Yeah. <clears throat> or are they drafted after? No. no. Uh, oh, you mean in the houses? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they haven't. They haven't after. Yet, sorry. So how many... I'm trying to remember how many golds are selected before the draft for this scenario 100 100 right yeah okay so then it's narrowed down to 50 because all the characters have to and then later on you find out so you only know who darrow has to face initially um which is julian who is the brother of kind of his buddy up until a certain point cassius uh and that has some interesting repercussions later on but you only assume who others had to face, and then you see the final 50. Um, but that was a crazy moment to me because I didn't know that that was going to happen. That was a total surprise to me. And that was a, that was the biggest mind-blowing section, a I thought. A brutal moment. Too. Yeah. And there's like, no yeah. weapons in there. No. I mean, it's they're just... Naked. They're naked. Right. There's a stone room. And, and he doesn't want to do it. And he met Julian on the tram in. Yeah. And Julian's like a kind hearted like yeah, right. He compares them to like Severo and Cassius. He's looking around seeing all these other golds and Julian's just like a yeah, very kind person. Yeah. But then you find out that it's like oh, this was all orchestrated, right? It's sure. like we put the weakest with the strongest because they're supposed to kill the weakest. And it's like, yeah. man, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. You know. It's like, it, it, that changes the tone of the book. That mm. scene, I think uh, there's a big change that happens right there. It's like the, uh, what's the character that dies at the end of Goblet of Fire? Cedric. Harry. Cedric Diggory. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. When Harry dies at the end of the fourth Harry Potter book, dude. Um, yeah, he's it's a that, It's that, that kind right? of moment <laughs> when Cedric dies at the end of Goblet of yeah. Fire. You feel a yeah, shift for mm-hmm. sure. And some of us liked it, and some of us didn't. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk briefly about Pierce Brown and his writing style. What do we like? What do we don't like? Has he written anything else? I don't even know, really. Okay, no, Jake says. Let's just talk about this book specifically. How you already mentioned it was really well written, mm-hmm. quality wise. Um, what do we like? What do we not like, Jake? Yeah, I, I, after reading so much fiction, like from, since the first time I read this, I mean, like, you know, I, I read at least just because of book club, I read at least 12 books a year. So for the last 
four or five years since I read it. I read like 60 books and extra fiction. So, I, you know, I've read a lot of fiction since then, and it's so easy to picture what's happening in Pierce's books. Mm. Whereas yep. sometimes it's not, you know, right. it's like, man, I, there's like a cliff here and then he's got his back up against the wall and he's climbing with his legs out. You know, it's like, there's mm-hmm. so much like mental, like, but with Pierce, like, especially when it's so action heavy mm-hmm. at times that that's imperative. Like if you don't, I mean, if you've probably read it, like where I just, I don't comprehend, just get to the, he stabs him. Okay. You know, and it's just not fun, yeah, but right. there are moments where like the whipping scene or like the passage where you can see it's just so vivid in my mind. Mm-hmm. So he's not overly flowery in his language. Mm-hmm. He doesn't bury what's happening yeah. in. And he does occasionally that, that truncated thing where it's like short of breath. Can't yeah. can't fragments can't control, you know, or whatever. And that doesn't bug me either because it's so first person, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah. So. I'd say he's just, he's very clear about what's happening. Yeah. Visual. I agree. Super engaging. He's. The freaking vernacular he crafted, like for this world. Like, yeah. Just the way, yeah. the terms that other people use and stuff. Yeah. He's a hard writer. Like the language is piercing. <laughs> it's browning. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh what I mean by that is like it is it's almost brutal the way he writes. Like it's it's very to the point, but it's not short and curt. It's like I think the reason for that too, and what it feels like is that's how Darrow thinks mm-hmm. a lot of the time, is it's very I don't know how to describe it. Not matter of fact, but but um succinct. Succinct and offensive almost sometimes. Mm. And I think that's an interesting read. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys can re- understand what I'm trying to say. I don't know I if you gathered it. that at all, I but from reading it. Yeah. Um, for me, I think his strength is the, the world building, like the society, the class structure, the nature of each group. I think that's his strong point, in it, as well as characters. For me, I, I think his weak point as a writer, and I definitely got this more as the books went on too, but I got it definitely in the first one, is his pacing is like relentless. Yeah. And it, sometimes That's it true. feels like he's doing the big epic thing in every single scene. Yeah. So sometimes it feels like I don't have any contrast to the big epic thing. Mm. It's just like we're going from the big scene with Pax to like the final battle. Like it's just boom, 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 boom. And it can be kind of like almost exhausting. And I think some of that can be effective. I think he does, he writes action very well and I think he knows it. Mm. And he writes the big, the big epic dramatic thing very well. I think he can also write smaller character moments well, but I just don't think he does as much in this. Mm. You have the scene with him and EO talking, but even that's more epic in scope. What they're talking about is big picture stuff. Yeah. You can tell that she's hinting towards something. Yeah. 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 Oh, you don't really get a ton of like small character things that are much more like relatable or um simple i guess yeah because he's doing the big 
picture story. Yeah. And I think that's just a, sm- a smallish weak point in his writing. I think sometimes it can be like getting like beat up a little bit while you're mm. reading it. And sometimes that's what you're going for yeah you know you're wanting to be relentless but i think at the end of three books i was like tired Hmm. because especially in the later two books it's like relentless it feels like so um i think that would be really his only weak point besides i kind of disagree with his dialogue i think some of the class dialogue differences is a the bloody thing with the reds is just it does it doesn't feel realistic to me. It feels mm. like a sci-fi dialogue mm. a little bit more than other science fiction stuff that I've read. So I think that it was such a small point of the book that it didn't bother me that much. Mm. I got the point of what he's going for um, in that there's differences between the classes in terms of how they speak. Right. Um, I just felt like it didn't necessarily feel the most. Original. Original or natural. It is, I mean, most of it is putting just two words together. Yeah. Which um, I think he's probably going for simplicity, I would assume, in terms of like what would really happen. Right. Or, and these or, are uneducated. Right. Most, for the most part. Yeah. We're talking about the red, yeah. right? But yeah. yeah. Well, and he says he based the reds off of the, the Irish, mm. um, like the potato farmers in Ireland. Well, they were impoverished and right. peasants, essentially, at the time that he's basing them on like the potato famine kind of era. I guess it is historical right yeah. so it's like yeah um, but he does a little bit of that with the accent that they're using and I think that's all you need I don't think you need the specific words hmm. you know I feel like if you separate them by accent and dialect in terms of how they're but phrasing sentences here's the thing we don't we don't get that in reading you can he, it comes across I think a little bit when reading the the Reds dialogue mm. that they speak differently, even without the specific words that they're using. I think, I think a reason for the specific words though, are at least for me, when I was reading it, the tension of when could Darrow slip up in the way he's talking? Cause sure. if, when you put the words in there, he's under, he's, you know, undercover or whatever you want to describe it. He's, they definitely serve a function. Yeah, in the story. So I think I think up. it's overused. I think that's the main problem. Yeah. It's used a lot. So I think that's right. probably the, main. the only downside I would say from his writing, and this is not his style or anything. It's just the way the, I think there's probably just a few too many characters, or it can feel like there's a lot of similarly named characters too. It's hard. It was hard for me to remember which character this is. That like, I'm reading about right now. Right now, Titus and Tactus can't remember the difference between them. Just a few times, mm. but I think that's something that will benefit from multiple reads. And um, if I had book. to pick a downside, I would say there's just there's a lot of characters. Yeah, but there is definitely. Well, would you recommend Red Rising? Yay or nay, Westlands? Um. Yes. I fully admit... Six and a half is worth your time. I fully admit that going into it, part of a reason I didn't like it as much was what I was expecting. Mm. And that's not necessarily Pierce Brown's fault. Um, I don't know that I ever really articulated it. It's the the, the institute section of the book, mm. the 
academy feel. How pissed were you when book two starts like that? Yeah, I was a little. You're like, oh, I'm out of school again. Like, yeah. What the f-? I was a little worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the section where I was like, oh, we're doing the Hunger Games Harry Potter thing. Mm-hmm. And I w- there was so much uniqueness going on in the first section. I was like, oh, now it's a young adult novel. Yeah. No, and he did stuff that was different. Right. And it definitely got bigger. Yeah. But yeah. you would was, recommend it. I, I would recommend it. It's well written. <laughs> That was the section that disappointed me. Yeah. Um, now, some people are not going to be disappointed by that section at all, obviously. Yeah. Um, also, the recommendation, there's weight on the recommendation of, is it worth getting through with the benefit of the other books too? The other books pay off what I want from, what I wanted from this. It gets more into the world outside of the Institute because that's, that's what yeah. I wanted to see. That's what I was going to say is the scope when you read it is huge <laughs> and then it gets very narrow. Yeah. And then Darrow. it blows up. It's very narrow. <laughs> yeah. And then it blows up again. You know I feel I mean? like I, I wanted it to stay sort of narrow and then right. yeah. expand because um, it felt like kind of a false start to go, here's the world with all of these colors and there's like the image of the paths on the sidewalk where certain colors can walk and others can't mm-hmm. and everyone doing their jobs and like not interacting with each other. Like that, I was like super into it. And then it, all that went away right. again and went back to one color and one space. And I was like, oh. But he pays it off well in the following books. You get to know way more colors, way more characters. Um, Why they're fighting against yeah. that whole system. Mm-hmm gives it weight and you get into more the complexity of the world and the morality of the class structure it's like not all the golds are terrible horrible people and some are there are some downsides to a hierarchical society but there are some upsides too at the same time it's not absolute chaos right you know what i mean um so he gets into some of that stuff which is very interesting cool would you recommend this i would recommend this book I would recommend... Eight is worth your time. Absolutely. Um, With room to go up, I think. This one, I think, um, would benefit from multiple reads. I think it'd probably climb a little bit for me from from eight. From eight, if I uh, read this one more, but also read the other books. Um, So I'm excited to read the other two from this run. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to read all of them, so... I would definitely recommend Red I am Rising. Very excited, Jake. Um, I can answer for Jake. He absolutely, he absolutely would, and, and he has does. many and times has, yes. recommended yes. Red Rising. And that's why we're doing an episode. In in defense of the book, in defense of the genre, um, Wes is the only person who has had mixed feelings about this book that I've recommended it to. Seriously, I mean, he's got a good track that. record. So you know, and that's not to say that his points are. Mm, certainly justified especially if he was wanting like you know something more specific but mm-hmm. it is i i would absolutely recommend it and and that's the thing is like man it's just like it just keeps on giving if you love like what's happening in here so and the other two books are really good yeah like, we can I, i'll just name the the books so red rising is 2014 golden sun is second it's in 2015 followed by morning star in 2016 
Iron Gold in 2018, Dark Age in 2019, and then and we have been absolutely starving for the sixth book for three years. It's still alleged. I think that this is the title it, it at is, this point. It's what everyone thinks will be the title, but it, by the time you hear this, could be, could not be. Yeah, Lightbringer. And he has said, um, I will say, we can end with this. He has said the names of the books are in the previous one, and I was reading. I just got done with Dark Age like a couple weeks ago, and uh, Lightbringer is oh boy it is said. Okay, um, is that why times. people think that's what it is? Probably. Um, I think it's a cool yeah. title. I, I absolutely cool. hated it, but then I when I read cool. it in context, I was like, "But the thing is, each one is two words, so I think if it is Lightbringer, it will be Lightbringer." Uh huh. I think that's what will happen because I I don't think he would break from the two word, you know pattern at Maybe. this point but anyway so yes it's he's gonna announce it on the freaking 22nd and i am so stoked and if he does a freaking signing anywhere close me and the boys are going you guys are absolutely welcome but oh my gosh i'm so psyched i'll personally criticize the last half of the first book to his face right in his right in his face. Awesome. I mean, i'll probably fight hey, you dude why what's so great is like i bought the i bought a publisher's copy for natty for christmas mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't out yet, you know, and this is, they printed these and like it ends and there's like a little blurb, like, thanks for reading my book. If you like it, let me know on Twitter and blah. I mean, from Pierce. And it's so funny to read now. Cause he's just like, Oh, thanks for reading guys. He's hustling. You, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so great. And I was like, Natty, you have to bring that and show it to him. Like, that'll be so funny. Anyway, it's gonna be anyway, crazy. red rising, red rising. It's a book series. Uh, check it out. It's a board game too. From it's a board game, games. which we Not have movies reviewed. yet. No movies yet. So that'll be interesting if that gets sold. You know it's going to at some point. I think it's There's already been to sold, be made. hasn't it? Somebody, I'm Someone sure. Someone is making something. Yeah, That's I'm sure somebody already has the rights. Oh, really? Oh, boy. I know. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be don't have so to watch bad. It. You don't have to watch it. I think I have to watch it more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been This Podcast Is Not For You. My name is Peyton. My name is Wes... My name is Daro. Nice. <laughs> See you later, Mustang. Bye.